And as we're talking, Mbume, um, you know, talking about who Mbume is, uh, where you come from, where you were educated, and then there's this initiative that you bump into, something that touched your heart, something that you wanted to get involved with, and you then decided to join them in terms of the plight of young girls um, realizing that there's a massive shortage of sanitary pads and that not everyone is privileged, then you decided to, 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 to take this, this plunge. Yeah, we did. Um, there was uh, 46 climbers sure. that eventually went up the mountain and each climber had identified a school. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Some of the climbers started distributing the sanitary pads before we went up the mountain. Were the climbers all from Gauteng or from different provinces? Um, uh, originally from different provinces, mm-hmm. but uh, the majority is from Gauteng. Okay. okay. Yeah. All right. And um, it was a mix. It was men and women. And the nice thing is that we all believed in one cause. We, we knew why we were climbing mm-hmm. and that's why we were determined that we are going to climb and we are going to get to the top. Hmm. We, as we were offline, we, we had to talk about the costs. Yes. The, the actual amount um, that is required for one, especially with this drive, with this initiative, yeah. to actually be able to make it possible. And it is a figure of around 85,000 85. rand, you said. Yes. How did you get to raise that, that, that <laughs> amount of money? Wow. I, you know, initially when I spoke to Richard, the founder of Imbumba, mm-hmm. I said, I really want to be part of this, but I don't think I can raise 85,000 rands. And I said, you know what? Because I really want to support the girls. Mm. I, I will take a loan. He said, no, 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 no. Interesting. <laughs> so you were actually prepared to go that far. I had 10,000 rand that I was willing to put in it it was part of my savings mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so i put down the 10000 rand and now i had 75000 rand to raise mm. and um a mountain on its own hey yeah a mountain <laughs> on its own <laughs> and then and, you yeah. needed you you had to start now contacting people oh my god i'm sure some of my <laughs> friends were i looked at my actually i i started by looking at my facebook friends mm-hmm. at that stage i had about 300 uh, friends okay and i said okay if i targeted 120 and asked for 500 rand from each surely i'll get about 70 or 80 of them responding so then i started uh, drafting this message which i sent on messenger Uh and Uh those that i had numbers um, of i I would um, send whatsapps and say this is what i'm taking up this is the challenge that i'm taking on Mm -hmm. um, for the girls basically and um I would like a donation. And, and, and the response rate, how was that? Oh my God, some people ignored me. Like I would see they're <laughs> active on Facebook and they're not reading my message. But oh my eventually, I think a, a month or two months down the line, when I started receiving, actually my first um, donor was an American uh, friend, Monique Brownlee. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She donated $50. And wow. then she was the first one that I mentioned that yes, my yes. Uh, my friend Brownlee, um, uh, Monique Brownlee, has donated 
Um, then everyone started And then people started kind of showing kind of interest and, you know, 500 rand there. And then some people started pledging a thousand rand. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I've only asked for 500 rand. And uh, eventually some people, um, I have two people that donated 10,000 rand each. Interesting. And about three people donated 5,000 rand. Sure. I was just really humbled. Just how God works. Eh? That's, that's amazing, you know. So in, in about four months, I had the 85,000 rand. <laughs> amazing. And now, the, the gear, where do you purchase your gear? Um, or do you just get a whole package ready for you to, to take with? Okay, because um, the climbers that um, are part of Trek for Mandela, we are not professional climbers, mountain mm-hmm. climbers, the Imbumba Foundation assisted with um, procuring the stuff okay, from right. um, a, a supplier. So we all had the same quality of gear, the same quality boots, the jackets, the yes. pants, everything that we required all right. was uh, provided for based on um, the, the money that mm-hmm. we had raised. All right. Yeah. Now comes this health issue that I'm worried yes. about. <laughs> you and your asthma. <laughs> How did you then go? What did you then do? Did your doctor say, uh-uh, Mbume, there's no way you are going to go on this? What happened? Okay, I'm one of those very um, strong-willed people. <laughs> that's, that's what's needed, yes. Yeah, I know. Other people call it stubborn, but I'm, I'm strong-willed. <laughs> don't, and don't say, I, I, I get you. We Zulu like this. <laughs> so when I have told myself I am going to do something, mm. I focus. And mm. it doesn't matter what people say. I Because, like I said, I'm asthmatic. And a lot of people were really worried, including my family, mm. that um, climbing a mountain of that height, mm. as, uh, you know, above sea level, 5,895, might not be an ideal thing in terms of the breathing because mm. there's True. less oxygen as you go as higher. You go higher yes. But um, when I joined um, Trek for Mandela, I said to Richard, I'm asthmatic. Do you think that's going to be a problem? And he said, well, I've taken all sorts of people mm. up the mountain. Um, there's somebody, um, some disabled guy that went up the mountain. I think he had one leg or something. And I thought, if somebody with one leg, I've got two legs, you know, if somebody with one leg can go up the mountain, surely I can do something about my asthma. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so you just needed to have enough medication? I, I don't take medication for my asthma. I control it. Interesting. Yeah. I, you, you can, whatever you put to your mind, you can achieve it. Mind, mind power, <laughs> I don't take eh? the, 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 the pump or anything. I just manage the situation, especially because, especially emotional situations, mm. like when I'm too happy or too upset. That's okay. When, right. you know. So we just need to be careful and not make you too happy. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I've care. mastered that. But anyway, <laughs> we had, uh, we were given um, a training regime mm. okay. that we could follow individually. But also there were team um, exercises that we did. We went to the Drakensberg okay. every two months. But also we went to the Westcliff Stairs in Westcliff, yes. Joburg. Okay. The 200 so stairs. how long did the exercising take, the entire exercise program? God, we had 
from Monday to Thursday, according to the schedule. Yes, yes. But life happens. I mean, we work full time, and you know, Correct. so people just made time to be able to to train when they could, mm. and you knew what you're up against. So we each, you know, allocated time according to the time that we had. But ideally, we should have been doing it like every week mm, and every mm. weekend doing the stairs and okay. whatever. Over a duration of how many months? Um, we started in January, at the end of January. So and about then what, five, six months? About five, six, yeah, five months. Okay. Because um, on the 22nd of June was the last um, training mm -hmm. at the Drakensberg. Okay. But it was amazing to note the improvement from when we started in January, when you, know, I mean, we you were more fit. You were actually much better, I guess. Even yeah, the fitter. Pattern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it was amazing. And um, the the unfortunate part is there isn't a mountain in the country that's higher than three thousand eight hundred um, meters above sea level to test whether you could cope with the mm, altitude. Exactly. Yeah, the breathing so, and so yeah, forth. Yeah, but we we got taught that as long as you. Okay, the key uh, phrase was pole pole, which is um, slowly, slowly in, in Swahili. Okay, I've learned, I've learned something yeah. today. <laughs> so pole pole, pole. pole. Yes. all right. <laughs> now, climbing Kili Mount Kilimanjaro isn't about facts. It isn't about packing lists. It's not, up, it, it's actually about the unforgettable adventures. It's about the struggles of, of reaching the, the, the top of Africa. Yeah. With that said, please take us through how were the day-to-day experiences okay well um climbing the mountain didn't start on the day that we landed on kilimanjaro mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like I've, I've taken you through what it took to um get the funds and also the exercise climbing a mountain on its own it was a huge mountain on its <laughs> yes. own for most of us uh -huh. and um basically and we then left the country on the 12th of july um, all 46 of us, and we arrived um, in Dar es Salaam, and we were welcomed by the high, South African High Commissioner, mm -hmm. Mr. Tami Masileku. Okay. And from Dar es Salaam, we were off to Kilimanjaro um, region. We got to the hotel around 12 uh, midnight. No, no, it was 11, mm -hmm. just before midnight. Yes. And um, the following day was the 13th, of um, it was the 13th of um, July, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and um, we were part of you know, this gives me goosebumps because um, it was an amazing um, event, and I feel really blessed to have been part of it. Mm. We were part of a team that was planting trees in honor of Madiba's 100th birthday. Beautiful. And also in honor of Kukuzudu, who oh. passed on. May his soul, may his rest, soul rest in, in peace. peace. Yes, and his oh. wife and daughter. Was she there? Were they? Yes, she actually traveled with us on the 12th. Oh, um, and the Seho was there and the daughter and a whole lot of um, Tanzanian people. Mm -hmm. And it, it was really amazing. So that was the first thing that we did. And I feel really blessed to have been part of it. Mm. And that was the day before we started the actual climb. Um, the actual climb started in the morning. Mm -hmm. uh, we registered at the Marangu Gate. Okay. 
and it starts off in a rainforest. So we're going through all these trees and, you know, it's almost like drizzling. It's green, mm. it's mushy, it's, it's beautiful. It was an amazing walk and um, we had lunch somewhere and, yeah. But what, the, what kind of food do you eat? Well, God, we had um, a team okay. that um, helped us with our bags because each climber had a backpack, a yes, day pack, yes. and then a big bag that has your other stuff, mm -hmm. your snacks, your summit gear and everything else. So we had about 120 people working mm -hmm. with us and those that cooked for us. So um, it was mainly carbs that we had, soup and a lot of vegetables. And the, part of this team cooked for us. And some of, of, the, of the meals were pre-packed, especially like lunch. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes. And... It was amazing. Actually, the the one part that I hadn't thought much about was, where do we go to the loo? <laughs> that became very interesting as we got on. I'm not even going to ask <laughs> where you went. Yeah, no, I, I'm not going to go there. Well, we went in the bushes, but it got challenging because as you, okay, day one, mm -hmm. which was the, the, the rainforest, yes, yes. the second day, mm -hmm. it was still, there were still some trees but they were thinning out. Okay. The third day, it was becoming desert-like. Yeah, like you saw a lot of rocks um, and shrubs and, mm -hmm. you know. And then... And there wasn't actually much oxygen either. Well, that's when it was beginning yes. to be a bit um, difficult. Right. But, you know, pole pole, mm -hmm. one foot in front mm -hmm. of the other. Indeed. You, Indeed. you know, you cover the distance. But what was amazing for me was when we got to Horombo uh, camp, mm -hmm. that was the second camp that we, got, we slept at, that was above the clouds. It was so beautiful. I felt really close to God. I felt like, oh, my God, I never thought I could walk through and look at the clouds from, you know, wow. the top. Now, uh, talking about God. Yes. Did you learn a great deal about life and about yourself? during this walk, during these days, even before reaching the summit? Yes. Um, initially, I thought, okay, I'm climbing for the girls. We're going to get them sanitary pads and everybody's going to know about this. Mm -hmm. But little did I know how much I would discover about myself. Mm -hmm. It was a personal journey about the strength that I have. And when I did not have strength, that's when I felt really close to God because I, I knew that I had done as much as I could mm. for myself as a person, but when I couldn't and I knew everybody else was exhausted or whatever, I would just say a short prayer. I'm like, God, you know where mm. we're going. You know why I'm here. And I would carry on. We are what we think we achieve or fail. Mm according to our goals or lack thereof. Yeah. When did you decide that you would reach, underline the word reach, because many don't actually reach yes. the summit. And this is the highest freestanding mountain in the world. Yes. When did that decision kick in to say, you know what, with my asthma and 
everything else, all the other challenges that I've been faced with, I am going to reach the summit. I think there, were, there are two levels to that question. The, the day that I decided that I am going to be climbing, mm-hmm. the, the, the purpose was to reach the summit. And then um, the more we talked to people that had climbed before and some that didn't summit, the reality kicked in. Mm. But I still said, I, I will be summiting. And you were sharing with me that your family was also trying to scare you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know somebody who does not have feeling on, the, on their toes because of frostbite and whatever. But so I was like, go. I was so determined. And everybody was like, are you okay? Why are you climbing the mountain? You know, and I was like, you know, you don't ask me. Do I this. want to do this. I've wanted to do this for a long time, but also these girls. And then the, the, the second uh, decision making mm-hmm. in terms of I will summit was when I got to 4,700 meters above sea level. That's when um, mountain sickness kicked in. Hmm. Is this now day three or day four? This is now day four. And day four was a long day because we had um, walked from Horombo mm-hmm. to Kibo, which is the next camp. Yes. yes. And we only slept for about two or one or two hours before they woke us up at 10. Well, they woke us up at nine to have coffee and biscuits to start the trek at 10 p.m. the night before. So we were walking in the dark. We had uh, headlamps around our heads and we walked in line and just put one foot in front of the other. And we had amazing guides. We went with Musiso um, Vilane. Oh, yes. Yes, oh, yes he yes. was our leader. He's, he's and Yeah, he's mm-hmm. amazing. Yes. But we had other Tanzanian brothers mm-hmm. and, and sisters. I was actually surprised at the like, seriously tough women who walk up that mountain carrying our heavy bags. And at 4,700, I got sick. What yeah. kind of illness? Nausea. Suddenly, too high. I, I was puking and I had to sit down. And we have water packs mm-hmm. um, in our backpacks. We call them bladders and there's a pipe that comes to your mouth. But we had extra water because at that point there's no water points. Anyway. Yes, anyway. Yes. So you have to be armed with lots of water. Mm-hmm. And water is also your source of oxygen. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. So then I took my one bottle on the side, wanting to drink. The water mm-hmm. was frozen. <laughs> that's uh, and I had cold that's how cold it oh was. And... Um, this um, guy, Peter, one of the guides um, that went with us, mm-hmm. sat next to me and said, just take your time. Let's sit and try and drink your water. I'm like, my water is frozen. And then he reminds me, you have the backpack, the water in the backpack. So I'm like, oh, yeah. So when I try to pull the water, oops, it's also like almost slushy. Icy. It's coming. It's icy. But then uh, we had been told when that happens, mm-hmm. Blow the wa- blow back on the pipe. Okay. Your breath okay. will melt the water, and then pull the water to drink. Blow back. So I kept on doing that. We sat there for about forty-five minutes, mm. and the other climbers were walking past. And yeah, at some point, sitting there, I said, "I cannot give up right now." I think after ten minutes, I tried to get up. I couldn't. My legs were shaking, sure. and I just fell back on the rock. And yeah, and I I sat there and he 
took my bag and he said, I'll hold your bag. And after about 45 minutes, that's when we started walking. So there was a lot of team support. There was a lot of support. And, you know, even though we walked past some of our colleagues, they had um, a guide that would be sitting with them, you know, assisting them in whatever way. Mm. But as soon as I said that short prayer, when I got up and realized my feet could support me, I knew I was going to summit. I just walked and walked and walked. I think after about 15, 20 minutes, I took my bag from uh, the guide, put it on my back. I carried it and I carried on walking. This is now God at work. Definitely. At at that point, I realized what they meant Mm. when they said your mental strength, your belief in God and your why, the reason why you're climbing will Mm. take you to the summit. Which takes me to my next statement where our Heavenly Father wants us to climb higher and higher in this journey that we call our lives. Yes. He wants us to be a little better every day. Yes. A little more perfect every year. Yeah. He has blessed us with everything we need to return to the highest peak in our existence. Eternal glory with Him. Your spirituality. Yes. How has it grown how has it improved ever since you've come back it's it's been amazing it's it's not even ever since i come back as i was going up up the mountain Mm. i could tell that i can never come back the same something is changing something will change and the more uh, we got closer to the top the more I realized that I am a different person. I mean, right now I got back um, on the 20th and I went back to work on Thursday and on Monday I resigned. Excuse me? (laughs) I know. My friends, my family, they're like shocked. I was like, I think I am meant for bigger and greater things and I'm meant to work with people. So I resigned from my job from the 31st of August. Um, That is my last day of work. And I will find what God wants me to do in the next few days because I have to find something. He has already. There are things that I am in the pipeline, in the pipeline that I'm thinking about, but nothing solid. You you do know, though, this is God at work. He wants us to choose. Again, let's focus on the word choose. Yes. The right path. Yes. I realize... Any, any fear? That's, that's the most amazing thing. I've always been scared of not having a job or losing a job. I that, am not that scared. That is the and, comfort and, zone. Yeah. And my motto is I was... Um, preparing for the mountain Mm. was feel the fear and do it anyway. And you did it. Let's just go for a small musical break. We'll be right back. You are on Changing Gear. We have a very special guest, a woman of substance, I must say, Umpume Nyandu from Emaritzbeck. Yes, sharing with us her path, you know, her her journey um, while climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. Stay tuned. This is Radio Veritas, South Africa.